Hear ye, hear ye, all across the lands of bad cryptopia, we have heard your calls, we have read your tweets, we have seen you sliding into our DMs. Many of you are like, tell us about Telos, tell us about Telos. So today, we have Douglas Horn, former movie director, writer, game creator, and all-around good guy turned blockchain badass, white paper writer, and creator of Telos to tell us all about it. Here on episode number 574 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, two, ignition. Who's bad? Royals and all citizens of the Republic of Bad Cryptopia, I think perhaps I shall spend the whole show talking like I am the town herald. You can call me Herald. Herald the herald. You can do whatever you like because in the Republic of Bad Cryptopia, we still have freedom of speech. And we can talk with any accent we want, too. We can be French if we prefer, or we can be Russian if we want. We can do what we like because this is our show. Exactly. We make show, we make joke, we make accent. And we are here, episode number 574 of this particular show that you're listening to at, at this particular time. You listen, perhaps maybe you snort when you laugh at the jokes, which is good. The uh, wife turns to you and says, why you snort when you laugh? And you say, guys on bed crypto, make me snort laugh. It's funny. You make me snort. This is very bad. <laughs> Welcome to the show. This is the podcast for the crypto curious and the crypto serious. I'm Joel Kahn. That's Travis, right? We are the blockchain. I'm the blockchain. serious one. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're crypto serious. I'm very serious. We're the crypto clowns. We're heard all over the world and we still don't know why. But thanks for listening today. Got a great interview coming your way here shortly. But first, want to tell you guys that there is still time to get bad cryptopia gifts for Christmas. Like who doesn't want a, a stay bad shirt or a bad crypto uh, mug? or a hoodie, or a mouse pad. It, like, what are you waiting for? Go to btcwardrobe.com and check out all of the cool Bad Crypto merch. And if you use the code BADSHIRT through the 31st of December, then you don't want to wait that long because you're going to be too late. Unless you're buying for next year's Christmas, you get a 15% discount. Bad shirt gets you 15% on all bad crypto shirts. And I'm going to tell you, these are some really creative, cool shirts. Christopher over there is is really done a great job with design and uh, really proud of what he's created. Yeah, it's, it's really good stuff. So basically, you know, we had nftshirts.co up and we were putting some shirts up there. And then just the, the whole fulfillment and distribution, I think was a little bit of a challenge. And Christopher messaged us and said, hey, look at this design that I did. You mind if I put this on my site? And then we just kind of chatted about it. And so we ended up moving all the different assets that we've created over there as well. There's the Ethereum Word uh, shirt that I've done. I think there's the Bitcoin Word shirt as well. So you can go ahead and get some of those really cool uh, NFT shirts over there. Actually, you can still go to nftshirts.co. We'll take you to BTC Wardrobe. Get yourself some clothes. He's got some, all kinds of other designs that are not just bad crypto. So mm -hmm. go check out the cool threads. Yep, there's iPhone cases, there's mouse pads, there's there's beanies to keep your wigwam, there's coffee mugs, 
Uh, we have two stay bad coffee mugs in our uh, our little cabinet and it's it's got a glass panel so you can see through it and one of them you know when we put them up it says stay and then we put the one next to it and turn it towards bad so the two mugs stay say stay bad and and that's right next to the mug that says eat a bag of dicks it is actually (laughs) (laughs) it actually is that one however did not come from bitcoin wardrobe uh so yeah if you want to go directly to the bad crypto stuff go to nftshirts.co it will take you to the website directly to our stuff all right sir lord travis uh should we tell them about tell us let's do it this right here is a fun interview and i can tell you this about telos is the guy who created telos has lots of words and they're good words so should we listen You know, I remember once upon a time, I was looking in my EOS wallet and right around the time I discovered Wax as an EOS fork, I also saw another chain that was an option to select from in my wallet. It was Telos, T-E-L-O-S. I'm like, oh, that must be another fork of EOS or something. And uh, I don't know much about it. I want to learn about it. And as it would happen, we have... Doug Horn, who is the white paper author and the chief architect of the Telos public blockchain. Guess what? He's here with us right now, and we're going to learn all things Telos, some things EOS, maybe some things WAX as well. Doug, welcome wait, wait, to wait. Is, is he going to tell us all about it? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Hey, guys. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. I, I've wanted to be on the show for a long time. Let's do yeah. this. And here we go. Now it's happening. It's like, it's yeah. happening. Oh my it's God. It's happening. So yeah. tell us, is, is it <laughs> a, an EOS fork? Uh, no, it's not an EOS fork. It's, um, there is a really fantastic blockchain protocol software called EOSIO that EOS used uh, to launch. And, um, and about six months after they launched, uh, Telos used it to launch, and then a few months, I think, with somewhere in there, Wax and a few others also used the protocol. So there's the underlying. It's a, it's very similar to the way that Ethereum and and VeChain, you know, are actually using kind of the same underlying protocol, even though people don't talk about it because because um, you know there's you know or or everything you know is a fork of a fork of bitcoin you know it's a, but we we had our own genesis we have our own we have our own features we have a lot of features we've been really focusing on building so so all the important things especially community and governance and and tokenomics all those things are very different but the protocol is the same very good so if you look on coin gecko it categorizes you as a smart contract platform so to me like you guys are you guys are a level one blockchain right yeah we're a layer one blockchain um we are we're actually a very interesting smart contract platform because we're the only one in the world that can run both of the biggest smart contract languages both eosio c plus plus you know contracts but also um solidity uh evm contracts we have our own evm we're the first ones who have done it it's the fastest um, it's the it has it it has allows no front running because we do first in first out order transfer uh, uh, action transfer uh, processing. Um, it's very inexpensive. It could be more expensive. We actually have, have upped the price just a little bit because um, if you get too cheap, then it's uh, that it's a risk for people spamming. But it means we have the power 
as the teller's price goes up, if it does, to um, to you know change that multiple, so we're not forever linked, you know, linearly between the token price and the and the transaction price. So um, so there's a lot of things to like about tellers, and the and the and the capacity is is massive, probably about a hundred times any uh, any Geth, you know, Go Ethereum based uh, software. So yeah, we we run. We run, uh, we run all the smart contracts. Okay, I, I, I'm just, I'm reading your bio here, and I want to, I want to get Uh-oh. a little more deeper down the the Telus rabbit hole in a moment. But I know you get the bio? that uh, <laughs> you know. Well, I think you sent it to us actually to be oh, candid. Oh, I, so okay, probably, I, I didn't, but but somebody from my team did. Okay, great. Yeah, Thank it's God. probably official. <laughs> but you've been in entertainment and gaming, and uh, you have written and directed films and designed and produced produced mass market games for disney pokemon warner brothers and other brands be specific what films have you uh written and directed that we might know oh none <laughs> none that you would know uh i don't know that you don't know <laughs> so uh, i written and directed film so i worked in, in in so for about 15 years i made my living um writing scripts that mostly never, you know, that got purchased but never made, which is very common. Uh, I occasionally doing some producing, occasionally doing some directing of various things, um, and all in the pursuit of making uh, of making independent films. Um, And so, so, uh, you know, I have films out there, I think they're all on Amazon Prime to watch for free, if you remember, one's called um, entry level, that's my first feature film. Uh, really liked it. Uh, uh, you know, sleeper hit. Um, <laughs> uh, it's a comedy about about uh, a chef played by DB Sweeney who uh, who loses his restaurant and has to has to uh, restart his life and discovers that the the market doesn't really think he has any skills. So he okay, to, it, I, I'm going to stop you because I'm about to Please. blow you away. I am right. about to blow your socks off because I was joking. You know, you you were serious about, hey, you might not know my stuff. I looked you up on IMDb. You wrote okay. and directed full disclosure. I did. I, did. I freaking love that film. Oh, you've I seen have, full disclosure? Oh, I have cool. seen full disclosure multiple times. I have recommended it to friends because it is the ultimate like dating short film. Right. I, I, you know what else it is? If you're, if you've been married for, here's a little, here's a little tip, unexpected tip. If you're, you know, if you're, if you're married or if you're in a relationship uh, and, and, and your lady, you know, is, is it all romantic? Spring that film on her on a, on a nice, you know, Friday night. uh, It's like 12 minutes. It's a short film. It's 18 minutes, but, uh, but it feels like 12 minutes. Well, I've watched it. I've probably watched it 10 times. I kid you not. Like I am not blown smoke. I think it is one of the best short films I've ever seen. And I've shared it with multiple people, uh, Judy Greer and Brent Sexton. And I remember, you know, Judy became big, right? She's, she's Mm -hmm. had a lot of big roles. And there was another film that I saw Brent Sexton in and I'm like, where do I know this guy from? Where do I know this guy from? And, he's in and, tons of things, but you probably yes. know him from Full Disclosure. I think he's great in Full Disclosure. Yeah, that's the kind of that's the kind of. St- I'm so glad you've seen it. That's exciting. Um, yeah. See there? Yeah, it's a fun film. That that you know, like like bring it out on date night with your lady, and you don't have to watch another movie after. 
You know, I'm assuming. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. You'll like, you'll you'll be cuddling on the couch. I think. Yes, it's it's. That's right. what I hear a lot. Okay, so what about? Um, well, full disclosure, I want to say this. I I haven't seen that. Yeah, go go watch. Yeah, it, yeah I know. Full disclosure, never seen full disclosure. Yeah, for sure. Few have, but Joel loves it though. He's fanboy now. Yeah, go go pick it up. Go it. buy it on iTunes for a buck ninety nine or whatever, and watch it. And watch watch it with a uh, you know somebody else, and uh, you'll see. You'll see. Yeah, you so have blown I, my mind. You have blown my mind. Yeah, uh, it's a long, long time ago. Uh, I really like that film, and uh, I'm really glad when people get to watch it. That makes me. And happy. now you guys are all going to go watch it as well. Okay, I'm done dominating this conversation. Travis, ask some amazing questions. So, so let me ask you this because you, that, that's an interesting career. Here you were, you know, in Hollywood. You're writing films. It's your passion. You wrote a lot of scripts. Some made it. Some didn't. You're doing that. All of a sudden, something happened, and you turned into this white paper author and chief architect of a blockchain. So, like, yeah. describe your journey. What happened during that process? What was your first <laughs> but, dipping your toe into the cryptos? I ask myself that all the time. What happened? Uh, <laughs> what um, in the hell, Douglas Horn? What happened? Yeah, exactly, right? So, it's kind of, you know, look, it's kind of a funny story, but it's also kind of a, you know, it's a good story. Uh, when I, when I, you know, I was, I was since high school, I did computer stuff, you know, coding and things like that. Self-taught, uh, out, 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 right out of college, I got a, uh, uh, I got a, uh, a job working for a software company. Um, I'm really, I have a hard time working for a company. And so, uh, that didn't, you know, that lasted a few years. And then I, I found that I could go out back then cause I'm old you could um there were things called magazines that had actual computer code in it you know because we didn't have the the internet as we know it now was that what that uh, stuff they called paper like they paper? yeah yeah is paper ink yeah. yeah and it would come to you in the mail once a month i, I do you remember know? it i'm old yeah. if you remember magazines too <laughs> so so I got, so I wrote, I wrote, you know, uh, a lot of those, uh, I came in, you know, and that was, that was fun because, you know, people still wanted kind of information. I got uh, invited to write part of a book by rocks press, a computer book and all oh, that's fun. Those, those things are all vastly out of date. Um, I pursued, you know, in there, I got a, a novel or two published, um, did, never did anything story of my life, uh, <laughs> work hard. People like this stuff. Most people never heard of it. Um, but, uh, but I had a great time doing it and learned a lot and, um, been sort of a lifelong learner and, uh, and lots of, lots of passions. Uh, also really a cre very creative person. I know everyone thinks they're a very creative person, but I made my living in, um, over that 15 plus years, um, doing, doing, you know, writing books, writing other things, writing, um, writing then then writing scripts and got some scripts sold and um you know got a big head and moved to la and uh got some short films made and got some won some awards and you know like it was uh, it was a cut it was a it was a career that was always making some progress but it's a it's a it's a that's a tough business and and i had kids and i decided i didn't want to um i didn't want to raise them in los angeles so we backed up here to the to the woods outside seattle good call and by the way i uh, i applaud that as a father which kids thank out of you 
Yeah. Thank you. Uh, it's there. Yeah, that's my most, that those are one of my most important investments and the kids are doing great. So, um, so, you know, I think it, I think it went well and every step in life brings you to where you are. So, Correct. um, married to an awesome lady. And so I, you know, all the, all the success of the kids really is them, but yeah, not growing, you know, growing up in LA could have, <laughs> could have been a problem. Mm-hmm. So, um, so uh, I, when I was up here, I still tried to pursue that, but it was more difficult up here. Although full disclosure was made up here uh, in Seattle area. Um, so I, um, I also got, let's see, I started doing a bunch of videos, video production for Microsoft, Amazon, Amazon Web Services, Boeing, Starbucks, and things like that, because it paid really well. And, you know, you couldn't just sit around for waiting for waiting for movie gigs all the time. So, um, so that's kind of how I started making my living. And then, uh, and it was really interesting because I'd make these, all these videos and because, you know, because I had the technical background, it was sort of no problem, um, you know, uh, keeping up and explaining, you know, finding ways to explain and describe things that made sense, uh, to, to, you know, a little bit, you know, a little bit of a developer to human, um, translation, I I would call it. And, um, and during that time, and then during 2018 came, um, all that work dried up, everything dried up and somebody just said, Hey, I, you know, I got, I know this guy who needs a writer for some game content and uh, I went and I, I went and I got a job for a one week job and I was really broke. Right. And so, um, and so I went and I was writing, I was, I was, the, the assignment was there was a game Phineas and Ferb's 104 days of summer, summer vacation. And you had to write 104 things that you could do with the weird stuff that was in the box, like the mummy head and the bounceable brain and stuff. And but the, the trick was, you can't just write 104 things. To get 104 things, you got to write about about 140 things. And and they never knew exactly what was going to go in the box. Anything. And, and so these were all like mini games. It was kind of like a, a Mario Party kind of mini game thing, but in 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 real life. And um, that was fun. I'm a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was fun. And I, um, and, uh, and then the job ended and as I said, I'm walking out the door. Um, uh, you know, I'm like, ah, sh- shit, you know, where's that next? Like, this was great for two weeks. Where's my next paycheck coming from? I'm walking out the door and I see like everyone there, including the, the owners are, are standing at this big table, cutting out cards with, you know, big, um, straight rules and exacto knives. And so, and this other guy had this, by the, by the way, at the same time was writing the Mythbusters trivia game. Mm. And so, so I'm walking out the door. I can remember it very well. And we were both, you know, the guy was like, well, thanks guys. We'll call you when we need another thing. Bye. And, um, and I look at him and go, what's happening? The other guy just walks out and I look at him and go, what's happening over there? And they're like, oh, we're cutting cards. And I'm like, oh, you guys need any help? And like, can you use an exacto knife? And I'm like, let me tell you, I, can I use an exacto knife? And, uh. <laughs> And so I stuck around. I stuck around there long because they had these. They had to put together these samples of all these games to take them to uh, to take them to a big uh, uh, thing in Hanover, a game trade show in Hanover. And so, so then I got a couple more weeks, and then they were testing out one more game, and they they just they just needed somebody to play it, and they called me in and said and uh, and said, um, 
you know, like we're. Just, I was just basically the third hand. They needed, they needed more than two people, and there were two of them, the two owners. And so we were playing it, and then the one guy looks at me and goes, "You, you're playing nice, right? You don't want to beat us because because we're the bosses." And I'm like, "A little bit." And he's like, "No, no, that's not how it works around here. We break. We have to break these things." Like if it can be broken, we break them here so that they, you know, so that we can fix them before they get to the customers. I'm like, so what did you figure out? So I told him what I figured out and showed him, beat him in no time flat and and um, uh, a couple hands, and then um, and then they like said they offered me to stick around to to work on some more games, and that turned into three years as a producer, working on games. Uh, the only guy. That, uh, as, as far as I know, I worked for Pokemon. I designed four games. I was the only person in about 20 years to, as an outside game designer to design games for them. Um, it was really fun. I get you know worked for Disney. We're a Disney game. Uh, we're Disney's uh, inventor of the year from Disney Consumer Products. So it's just really fun. I really like creative stuff. Um, but uh, when I found out about blockchain, um, it was at a time in my life I was really excited about it and. Um, I just it yeah, I felt like I could have more impact on blockchain than I ever could doing any of the other things I was doing. Okay, so that's, so, so you that's spotted why I'm doing this now. You, you spotted EOS obviously, right? Because there were Well, no, I started in I started in blockchain before well well before that. But right, yeah, right, when but I when I What I mean is tell us Telos was inspired by EOS, right? You, yeah. you had to have EOS. So what I want to know when you when you learned about EOS, what did you think of what they were building? When I learned about EOS, I or EOS, I it was when the white paper came out, and I was like, oh my God, this is great because I was building games on Ethereum and and as a developer, and I was building things on Ethereum and and I was like, this thing is not going to scale. Like I looked, it's done. The most it had ever done at that point was about a 1.2 million transactions per day, right? In a whole day. Right now, I think it's only done 1.7 or 1.8 million transactions in a day. Like that's not like everyone's talking about how it's going to scale and change the world. And I'm like, it's you know, that's not going to do it. That's not even close, right? And so I got really excited about EOS because uh, and the EOSIO protocol software. And um, it was awesome. So because it was so fast, and the and and they were promising all these governance tools and all these all these you know and and inner blockchain communication you know basically bridges but but on steroids, and I was like yeah yeah that's the thing. So I got involved with the as that moved along, I got involved and became a member of the EOS mainnet launch group. And um, I was definitely not a leader there, but there were about 30, 40, you know, people or small companies around the world who were who actually, you know, did work and tested stuff out and discussed and made decisions and stuff like that. And I was one of them and not an important one, especially because I, I kept asking, well, where's where's the other stuff from the white paper, like the voting and the governance and the and the worker proposal systems and things like that. And they're like, no, 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 we just got to get this, you know, they just, we're going to do that later. We just got to get this out the door, right? We got to get this launched because everyone's like, Ugh. and, and uh, I even, at one point I said, you know, I was like, I was like, we can't, you know, this is not ready. Like there was a big question about something that was, you know, maybe not a huge security thing, but I didn't think we should, we should launch with it. And everyone, you know, and, and so I was like, guys, you know, you know, we can't do this just because they say it's ready. And um, everyone was like very, very amorous of 
of Dan Larimer's opinion, um, and and we're just like they were they were just like pretty much an echo chamber to some. Some were some were not. Some were great, but in the majority they were. And um, so it launched, and I kept having and I was like seeing things like the the hyper centralization of of the accounts, the the lack of building or even being or even lip service to to plans to build the other things. And I really and and a number of other things. That are all super apparent now to anybody who knows the story of BIOS, but um, but that was this was just after they launched, and they were mainly they were mainly flagging down technical issues. But I was much more concerned about what I was seeing that I didn't think that Block One was you know going to be tr was actually intending to be true to what they said. I didn't think they were supporting it in the right way, and um, and uh, and they weren't building the stuff they promised. So. Um, I mean, that also, it all sounds, yeah, anyone now, it's like, yeah, of course not. But I was, I was actually a bit of an outcast for mentioning that. Um, I collected my thoughts. I talked to them about a lot of people sort of behind the, you know, behind the scenes individually and saw who, you know, who thought what. Brought in a lot of other people's ideas and, and collected them and showed this thing that I was writing to people. And uh, a lot of people like really agreed. They were like, "Yeah, you know, I'm glad someone said something. This is this is I. That's that's why I got into this, and it's not happening. What's up?" So, um, so I turned it into a white paper. Just you know, I like you know, ran it up the flagpole to see who would salute. And there was, you know, there were a lot of great people. Like, and it, the thing I liked was that the people who were who were down for it were the people who's who I kind of respected, you know, a lot of people I respected the most anyway. So I said, well, let's do it. Um, <laughs> and I, um, I knew that there was, a, you know, one of the worst things about it, by the way, was it was the, the way the tokenomics were. And the reason, I think the reason that they never built the, the secret reason they wouldn't tell anybody out loud what about why they never built their governance thing pieces was because the tokenomics was so centralized, you know, that um, that the the whales would have just run everything. That's, you know, and they're like, oh, they'll vote themselves rich. And I'm like, well, then that's a problem we also have to solve. Yeah, but it doesn't mean it doesn't mean throw that other stuff out because that's the point. Right. Um, is that it's it's you know it's governed um, by people, which I think is important. You know, for people to be involved in those things. I like I like smart contracts that you know execute um, according to code. But um, you know, I don't want to create I don't want to create uh, you know Skynet that's gonna you know I like I like there to be a little bit of human intervention in there at at key moments. So I wrote it up. We changed the tokenomics model. All we did on the tokenomics at that point was say okay out of 161,000 accounts there's about a thousand less than one percent that have over 40,000 tokens and if we just cap those at 40,000 tokens so if you had 41 41,000 you got 40,000 if you had if you had 10 billion you got 40,000 right so um doing that cut the token supply by two-thirds if you think about and and um and actually only about only a few accounts were actually um you know, got less because basically everybody who everybody got three times every token was worth three times as much in terms of uh, system ownership. So I, I said to the group and thank God they believed me, right? I, I said, look, this is gonna be really hard. But I think that the only way to do this first, we fix the token tokenomics, and we just give these to people, right? We give it to people and we only keep at the first I was going to keep 2%. They voted to keep 5%, which makes sense because we, did, we didn't know we were gonna be doing six months work. 
sort of old school. I don't know how old school crypto you guys are, but it used to be like, you know, no pre-mine, you know, or if there had to be some kind of pre-mine like that, then then 5% was the the very limit where people would call, you know, would say it's real. Of course, now everything, they pre-mine 40% for themselves. But I really thought that um, the old school kind of crypto ideals were had had been lost and nobody had done anything like this. So Talos in 2018, the only one that I know of, um, gave everything away, kept 5% for the, for the founders, which was a group of about 120 people around the world who worked for six months doing various amounts of work, splitting up their, you know, splitting up their time, similar to how BitShares did it, and, uh, and, got, and getting rewards for that, you know, without any pay, you know, basically everybody just bootstrapping, paying their own way. And so if they got 5%, there was 2% given to the, the foundation, so that, uh, which doesn't have any role or anything, but just so that we could pay to get some on some exchanges and do some advertising. We vastly underestimated how much would be required, but uh, it was to get, get us off the start, you know, and then, and then they, you know, since we build these governance pieces, people could, could vote on whether they wanted to use more. And then we gave 93%, you know, to the EOS, Genesis token holders, the people who had, who had funded the building of EOS and EOS IO software that we used. And so we, we've rewarded them except for, you know, the 1,000, you know, the less than 1% of the accounts that had, that had over 40,000. Those got capped at 40,000. Some people were like, you're a communist. Yeah. And I guess some people, Dan Larimer actually said, oh yeah, the communist chain, which was not nice, um, but that's fine. I don't have a really a problem with Dan Larimer being <laughs> having different opinions than me anyway we launched it we launched it december 12th uh 2018 so our three-year telosversary is coming up next week um and uh and we never raised you know we never did an ico uh, you know just just two days ago i think the sec the the sec um you know boss and the and the former boss uh, got together and said, "Yeah, we're basically going to say if you didn't, if something did an SEC, uh, did an ICO, then it's then it's a security." And like decided, you know, I think they are a couple years ago when Hinsman was a director there. He they said, you know, this is Ethereum doesn't count. It's become decentralized enough, which is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> but um, so so because we didn't do one, and you know, we're we're very much and because we're still there's no company that owns 40% right it really is truly decentralized from start to finish uh, I feel we're totally in the clear uh, and aren't going to get bothered with these uh, with this security stuff That's right I'm I, you know and and people and also like it means that people regular people can afford to use it and build on it um, and and it's just been it's been a really great decision even though it's been a hard decision that's great. Take a breath there, real quick. Yeah, right. Grab I know. Drink. Sorry. Grab a drink. You guys can stop me too, or try. <laughs> no, Feel free. I, I want to ask about the convergence between your careers now, because you know we've talked about this, you know, ad infinitum here on the show, where you know the year twenty twenty one is is all about NFTs, twenty twenty two is all about you know play to earn, and here you are, a guy who has this prolific career in creating these amazing games. And so logically, my question is, what kind of convergence are you experiencing now from merging your game building and then now on, on blockchain with NFTs and play to earn? Do you got some stuff brewing over there at Telos about, uh, you know, around this space? 
Yeah, you want to know something sad? Timing is everything. And I was cursed by being about two to three years ahead of most, of pretty much everybody else. Like two years ago, I was trying to raise funds for D Realms, which uh, you know was a, was a metaverse, right? Uh, that would use user created content to to you know. Uh, I I've been too far ahead on certain things, and it's very painful for me actually to look at stuff that I tried to tried to get funded two years ago or three years ago, and and couldn't. But I'm working on a lot of things now that are very exciting. Um, and these, you know, these are real sort of uh, real NFT uh, projects that are with like real industry players in, in my old industry. Uh, and I can't say uh, I can't say much about it until we announce it, but I'm very excited about that. Those those are going to unlock uh, revenue, you know, that, you know, potential revenue that exists in the movie business that that you know, nobody's even thinking of right now in a great way that's going to be great and going to help. We're going to let people express, you know, their love for the movies that, that they love and, and and help people who, you know, uh, help people involved in them get, you know, some extra money as well as the studios. Can, can you say, I mean, can you tell them anything about, is it going to be on Telos? Yeah, it's definitely going to be on Telos, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, it'll be on Telos EVM. You know, um, it's great that we've got, you know, Telos EVM, you know, you can run ERC... Uh, 721, uh, and you know, standard NFTs on there. So, so which is what people I think really want to do. We also have we also have Telos native NFT market that's going great. But I, I really think that people come over and realize that they can they can quickly mint these things. They're not going to have somebody else you know pay an MEV thing to to jump around them in line and get the and get the good ones and um, uh, by fr or front run them on those and and that there's you know the transactions are super inexpensive and fast and I think they'll be that's really excited we're also storing all you know we're mostly storing these on D store which is our decentralized uh, cloud storage platform which is fantastic it's, it's it's a bit it's it's sort of in that middle ground between Amazon web services and and Filecoin um, because even though it's decentralized and uses um, uses uh, you know data centers around the world uh, and and unlocks their their value uh, you know unlocks their capacity you know those data centers all got built like 20 years ago 15 years ago and with you know with 40 year lifestyle cycles and you know everyone's like oh you know everyone's gonna everyone think of how many computers everyone's gonna need every company's gonna have computers so they built tons of these things and then the cloud came along <laughs> And most of them sit empty, you know, so they have a lot of excess capacity that we can help them make money out of and monetize with DStore as running DStore nodes for storage. And our we have a patented gateway system um, and and a lot of really cool things that basically make make a decentralized storage system as easy as as Amazon Web Services and a lot cheaper. Um, and so really excited about that. Um, you know, people can pay in credit cards instead of some special coin by not having, by again, not doing any coin raise for that. We didn't have to, you know, everyone who does a coin raise, ultimately the tail wags the dog and they have to, um, they have to make their, you know, they can't make any decisions that would hurt the token price, right? So that cuts out a lot. So by us not having a D store token right now, um, we, uh, that, you know, that you have to use to pay for it, then um, we, you know, we have a lot more options and, and a lot more friendly to, to real world businesses, which is, which is a big part of what we're going to go after. So um, 
D store is a, is a great thing. And all the, and, and what we use Telos for actually though, is all the node operators who, um, you know, set up the, the node software and are storing and serving files, they all get paid, they get 50% of all the revenue for Telos every day or week or whatever, or whatever the period is. And, um, and all of that flow is paid to them through Telos, through the Telos system. So basically, with with D Store, we're going to have a lot of you know a lot of real businesses, both both decentralized businesses, but also real businesses who are just you know there's a lot of people in the world who don't want to support the Microsoft, uh, Google, Amazon you know cloud infrastructure and for very good reasons, and also want to save money. Uh, who will who would who you know. Will, Want to pay, but want to need, but need to pay using Stripe or something, right? So these guys are going to use it. So we're going to be bringing a lot of money in, I believe, from the real world on a daily basis. Is basically a real use case for crypto, and 50% of that is going to flow into Telos on an ongoing basis, as you know, buying buying Telos to pay on the regular market to pay um, to pay node operators, and then they're going to get that, and they're going to hodl or or use it in Telos-based DeFi or whatever, you know, or or pull it back out or whatever we want to do. But it means that there's going to be a lot of ongoing activity on on Telos. I actually think I think storage is huge. I think um, I think governance is massive, and nobody quite understands. And we have the most advanced governance system called Telos Decide, and we just came out with a, a, a new app that's that's blows blows everything else away called um, DecideVoter.app. Um, nothing, there's, it doesn't exist, and nothing like uh, nothing like this exists. It's in fact that's why it's hard to explain to people what it is. It's a lot easier to explain what DStore is when I can say, well, it's between Filecoin and Amazon Web Services. If I talk about Decide Voter or Decide or the Decide. Um, governance engine like there's nothing like it that you can really you can compare it to so um, um, let, let yeah. me ask you this then what the hell's going on at eos because <laughs> you know so i, I was, was going to ask you that <laughs> i was there for the ico in the beginning their one year yep. you know ico that raised you know how many billions did they raise from it was four it? billion four billion dollars Apparently, all went into Bitcoin. And, you know, we were we were fans of what EOS was going to do. And then, you know, voice was going to be the social media platform built on EOS, which I know, you know, Block One has a hand in. And they abandoned the whole damn thing and pivoted to NFTs. Like nothing says innovation uh, like following everybody else <laughs> and, and then doing what I consider to be a crappy job at it. So I finally, I, I divested myself of, you know, what little EOS I was holding. I'm like, I give up. I don't, I have no idea what these guys are doing. It's yeah. I mean, I don't know where to dig in on that point, but um, I'll start Wherever you want, dig away. Okay. EOS is definitely, you know, like those guys think so for, for the very, from the very start, a lot of people um, had strong negative feelings about me because they felt that I was fudding, I was fudding EOS. And really what I was doing was trying to call out the problems that, that basically B1 was doing, Block 1 was doing, um, because I really felt they had one, there was one great thing that they did, which was actually ongoing development of the EOS IO software. That was great. That was a that was this special little division. But everything else I felt was just basically immoral and 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 you know and lying and uh, and you know not not fulfilling their promises. I mean, they came out, they launched, they did a nice series of four or five hackathons. That was fun, 
and then basically stop spending money. They would make very, you know, every once in a while they make very small grants. They had promised publicly um, to to uh, put one billion dollars of that four billion that they raised into a fund, an EOSVC fund that would that would put two at least uh, two hundred million dollars into EOS in the first two years into the EOS IO community. Um, that didn't happen, right? They made very small things, and and in fact, what would what the typical thing was behind the scenes is as team after team, they would give them ten grand or fifty grand or whatever, and then or do a bunch of meetings with them, you know, get their hopes up, and then and then not do them. And a lot of people thought it was because they were worried about legal things or whatnot. Um, but but then they made their settlement with the SEC, and it's like, oh great, now they can finally do that. But then they did; they still didn't do it, right? They just—it's—it's it's the most negative thing they possibly could have done for the ecosystem because, first of all, no one else is going to invest in anything EOS or EOSIO based if Block One, the creator themselves don't do it. I mean, there's literally, if the EOS VC company, you know, is named EOS VC, isn't investing in anything around EOS, why on earth would anyone else? And so, and at the same time, they would get people in and they'd, they'd get their hopes up and they'd, you know, they'd waste a lot of time and then, and then not, it would not go anywhere. And, you know, companies only have so much of a burn rate. There's, hundreds of people who who you know like myself and others who went into that in trust that block one was going to you know do what they promised they were going to publicly openly promise they were going to do and they didn't do it and they destroyed the ecosystem by through you know the death of a thousand cuts um they never you know it was extremely disappointing and what's really interesting is you know we did build all those things those government you know we built our governance stuff that then turned into a strength this that turned into in future versions the the decide governance platform which what's cool about it is not only is it a great governance platform for the chain itself but we did what no one had ever done before and still hasn't and took the the the, the layer one chain governance platform and rewrote it to make it open for uh, and it's open source too. Uh, rewrote and made it open for any app on the chain to use exactly the same. And with the de with the with the um, with the 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 core de the Telus core developers doing the ongoing updates and security and everything like that. I mean, it's a huge thing. And, and apps apps like the guys who wrote Seed who created Seeds, which is a good uh, regenerative uh, economy app uh, uh, app uh, and DAO. They said use this alone saved us a year of development and i'm like yeah great now you go save somebody a year you know you guys you guys build some stuff around it and let's let's share that out and and get you paid through the telus work program and and um and you guys save people save people a month right like so one of the one of the tenets of software really especially open source software is you should only have to write software once right and then keep iterating it on making making it better or forking it and making it do slightly different things but but having to rewrite the same thing over and over again is is wasted effort so um instead you could be writing new things uh and so we built the telus works funding platform and we funded we funded people in the EO, like the there's a company called scatter that you know made the um first wallet that people could actually use as sort of a, a graphical wallet and um, i used it, I, it but yeah. it, it was so buggy like i'm so glad it, anchor came about 
Yeah, well, Anch well Anchor's awesome and Grey Mass is awesome, but but to be but here's the thing. They never got any funds from anyone but direct individual users and Telusworks grants. They got one of the first Telusworks grants because it, back then it was an absolutely necessary thing. The guys who made it, uh, the James brothers, are awesome, awesome developers. They're working on Ultra right now, and um, and R Rami James is actually also working with the Telus core devs, and we kind of we kind of share him a little bit, and um, and it always makes us want to have the some from some talk i've talked now with the uh with the ultra ceo and uh, i wouldn't be shocked if there were some kind of announcement at some point uh in the not too distant future about some kind of partnerships on some level between telos and ultra um nothing specific but um but i hope there will be soon because they're you know it's going well Anyway, those are the guys who did did scatter. They just never got any funding. They never got any funding. They tried to launch a coin to do it, and then they found out that they were in big trouble. And eventually, they're just like, "Look, you know, you can't." This is a great example. You can't just keep putting more and more and more in when you got, you know, when you when you're if you're not if you didn't get rich early in crypto or whatever, and you're you're just pouring you're just pouring all your funds in, you know, like. That's hard, and, and and they had to stop and do other things and take jobs and and stuff, and which is a real shame because those guys were major builders. That's why that's why it stopped being good. If they if they'd ever had any funding or support at all, even freaking ten thousand dollars from from EOS, they would have you know, but, but more like more like a million, right? Like frankly, I would have done what I would have gone in and said, great, you great, two million bucks. You guys see what you can do with it. See how long you could. You know, and given those, given out, you know, a dozen of those to to critical builders just just to start, like day one, right? Um, that's what they should have done. They didn't do that. They it became more and more apparent. I mean, EOS is arguably the worst investment of any crypto that's still around and has been around for for three years, right? Like I can't think of or four years now. I can't think of anything. I mean, like everything else is pumping. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can. I can think of one. Okay. Bitconnect. Uh, well, that's. But my caveat was that it's still around, right? Oh. I don't think. I don't think that Bitconnect is. I mean, that was straight up scam, and people could say that EOS is a straight up scam. I wouldn't ever go that far. But you know, also then we find out that these guys, <laughs> Brendan Bloomer, the CEO, was bragging. You know, I would I tried to I tried to keep a good relationship with these guys, but at one point, not that I talked to them much or at all, but you know, publicly, at one point he's out there. You know, EOS has been sinking, and they keep you know everyone's full of hopium. Um, but he you know he came out and said he was like basically bragging about how smart they had been by selling a bunch of EOS and buying Bitcoin. And I'm like, read the room, buddy. You know, this, these, these are all the people you've He fought. actually said that? It's like, is that yeah, I know. He tweeted it. He tweeted it. Wow. He tweeted it. And I tweet, and I, I said, you know, this is how, yeah. I mean, the tweet's there. I don't know because he's blocked me after that. First time I can think I've ever tweeted, fuck you, and, block, uh, you know, and then he blocked me for some reason. Um, and I can't read his tweets anymore, but that's okay. Mm. Well, it's very warm <laughs> and fuzzy of you. That's a nice thing. It's almost... It reminds me of like the sweetness that I sometimes have online. <laughs> I, uh, I sometimes you know like what? I like it when people, people I like it when people say what they think. 
You know, I like I don't want to have to read the tea leaves. There's not I, enough. There's not enough of that in these days. So tell us, you know, as, as we wrap this up here, you know, what what are some of the next steps? What do you see? You know, that it's in the future for Telos and, and what are some of the things you want our folks to know as we wrap this up over the next couple of minutes? Oh, we have to wrap this up. Dang, I thought we were going to we had another hour or so. Um, because it's, it's been, not Joe can't. Rogan's podcast. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I stupid, I'm not smoking. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> what's really exciting right now, the huge thing that is something I mentioned before is the Telos EVM. So, interestingly, to segue, one of the things that one of the really good things they did is they put out a bounty on something called uh, called the e, called the EVM, Ethereum Virtual Machine contract. And really, they just wanted bragging rights to say, "Look, you could run all of Ethereum in a contract." So they put out a two hundred thousand dollar bounty. They they paid this guy. Um, they, they, somebody somebody did it, and they paid him, and that's great. And then that thing sat for nine months or more with nobody doing anything. And I said, "This is ridiculous. This is the future." of EOSIO, this is the future of, of, of Ethereum, right? If you can run Ethereum super fast, we can eliminate front running, which nobody was talking about then. Um, we can, but I'm glad people are talking about it now. Um, we, can, we can make it faster and cheaper and, you know, $6 million man it. Um, we, better, faster, stronger. We, um, you know, we could do this. The problem was it's a big build. So, you know, you had to, you can't just have that contract. You have to do. You have to have RPC servers and history and block explorers and all these other things that didn't exist. So I put together a team and I put together a list of 13 things um, that I thought we needed to do. It turns out it's actually more like 113, but there were 13 ma major categories, and we spent and and we did it. We you know and there were a couple times and basically I did very little work beyond that to be honest. Uh, our great developers, especially Jesse Shulman. Um, uh, at the Telos Core Devs, he did the bulk of it, but um, or the the most important things. Um, but yeah, we worked on it for a year. Um, occasionally, you get off track or lose momentum, and I and and then that's when I'd you know whip up the troops again, just like I'd learned being an independent film producer uh, back in the day. See, brought that back around. Um, and and we got it done, and we launched it, and it is indeed super fast. So AnySwap launched on it um, recently. I mean, we launched this like two weeks ago, and then like a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, AnySwap and SushiSwap both came on it. And um, you know, it was like people were like people are making videos where they're where they're now they get on SushiSwap and they try and they just do comparisons like how fast something is on you know Avalanche or or Polygon or whatever versus how fast the exact same thing and cheap it is on Telos and it's ridiculous because it's as fast like like you it's as fast as an app right because we have half second block times and there's no congestion um it's it's so fast that you know it's like it's not like you're using a blockchain like people blockchain people are going to go wait where's the wait and they also don't have to wait. There's no mempool, so it's not like other things you can get picked first, right? So, so it's a transformative experience. Um, when I when I use it now, it's like you can't go back. It's like it's like you can't. It's very hard to 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 go back to driving a car that doesn't have a doesn't have a, a backup camera, right? I always feel like I'm running running over a child. Uh, not knowing about it, you know, it's like you get used to these advances, and then it's like you can't imagine life without them, and that's how within days of using Telos EVM for DeFi on like Elk Swap or Sushi Swap or whatever or any swap, you doing that, I can't go back. It's just like wait, like you know, 
another nice part is the fact is the flat gas price. There's only one gas price. Even if you put if you put in more gas, you know it doesn't go any faster. You only pay the flat gas fee. So um, so you don't. I no longer bother. I no longer think about gas because it just it's like you know I don't have to go decide if I'm going to do trader speed or or whatever. I just don't think about it. I just click the button and it's done. And every time I have to move something around in another chain, it's like, oh my God, how did, how did we live? And it's really fun. Now we've got, we've got meme coins coming out. There's, there's a douge coin. It's like doge, but with, with my name <laughs> that, that somebody made and, and, and did like a Vitalik thing where they, it was Shiba, where they gave, they gave me half. And I'm like, great. I'm just going to hold them. I don't, Doug, don't rug. Uh, I'm going to hold on to them and do whatever the community says, wait, you know, wait, put did, them in a doubt. Did you just say, Doug, don't rug? I did say Doug, don't rug. I think Doug needs a hug. I'm going to uh, Doug could use a hug. I'll take Follow hugs. you closer. I need to answer. <laughs> well, it sounds like <laughs> a lot's going on. Uh, the People uh, should Doug... try it out, man. Just get, so on that, just... just get on Sushi Swap and, and pick... And pick Telos and or go to telos.net slash EVM and we'll get you all set up. It's cheap. We've even got uh, we've even got a new um, a new mainnet faucet that gives people just enough Telos uh, in their EVM account to do free the initial transactions and stuff. So they how do they I a little bit? How do I get access to the faucet? I'm on the website now. Uh. Hang on. I just... so I, I'm actually, I'm connected now with my anchor account, which was really easy to set up. Thank you, Gray Mass. I just added oh, best. Um, yeah. Telos as a chain that uh, my anchor, because now I use, I've used it for EOS. And uh, of course I use it for wax all the time. You know, wax up until now has been the best thing for, you know, for our world to, uh, to come out of EOS, right? Cause they, they took that chain. Mm -hmm. They're like, we're the king of NFTs. And that's, we're going to make do. a great front end. They made a great front end for it. It's, mm -hmm. you know, yes, and it works. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's concerns, but I don't think that they matter as much. So the the concerns with that are that it's it's it is centralized, and, mm -hmm. and but um but who care? I don't think people care. I think with gaming NFTs, I don't think people you know are are as worried about that, and clearly they're not. So um, yeah, cloud. That's we're very similar, very in a very similar way to Wax. We're using the power of EOSIO to do something different, which is empower. DeFi that you know that's cheap enough. If you make DeFi cheap enough, then then it's not just people who are already crypto millionaires who can do it. It's anyone. You know, you know you can if you make if you make a, a swap cost four cents, then then people can trade two dollars, which may be a very lot a uh, high amount of money for them to to get. They can do that kind of trade and and participate in DeFi, which is what it was really supposed to be, but made impossible through through the high fees of like a lot of the platforms, right? All right. So turn us on to this, uh, this faucet um, here. Um, yes. You can you um, know, send it to us. We'll include it in the show notes. But if I go to Sushi, oh, thank you. Yeah. How do I'll I connect? How do I it's connect state, my stakely.io slash faucet? And I will send it S T A K E L Y dot IO dot slash faucet. And you can get free, you can get free, um, uh, Telos uh, to your and and you you connect with MetaMask, connect with or or Wallet Connect or whatever whatever uh, whatever you're using for other DeFi, you use the same thing you know for Telos EVM. It's just with most of these, it's just another drop down. It's just another item on the drop down menu of whether you want to be on Avalanche or or Ethereum or BSC or whatever. So so you, you'll see that there's Telos EVM. 
you know, you'll, you'll, it'll ask you to connect to it. And you, you know, and if you, if you grab that address, right, that Ethereum or Telus EVM or whatever address in, in your MetaMask, then, then, you know, you just send, you just send, use that for, for your Stakely account and send yourself, you know, it's like, it's, because it's so cheap, it's probably going to send you like 0.02 Telos, but it's enough to do two or three little transactions and, and trades and get you started. And it's great. You know, by the way, I don't talk about price much, but the interesting thing is with EVM and all the things I've been talking about, Telos is a, is a very strong comparable or competitor uh, chain to, to, you know, well, I was going to say Cardano, but Cardano is actually have smart contracts yet so um apparently now it doesn't need them but to solana and you know and and definitely more than you know well outperforms uh matic i mean you can do telos evm has a has a higher capacity and higher tps rate than ethereum bsc polygon uh and avalanche combined right i don't so, talk about price yeah. What's that? I don't talk about price support. much, but when I do, I talk about price. Yeah, well, I haven't said anything about price. All I'm going to say is the market cap of of Telos, which is which is comparable, right, is is uh, about a quarter of a billion dollars right now, versus all those others who are you know in the tens or hundreds of billions. So I don't know what's going to happen with price, but um, you know that's all an outshoot of our of our never. You know, not having a bunch of VCs in, or or you know, or ICO funds, um, and also focusing on building. But I, I personally that would don't also think that's mean that say. would also tell me that you don't have people dumping your token. If you didn't do an ICO, then you don't have a lot of people out there that have a ton that are whales that are just trying to flood the market and keep the price down. No, no, exactly. Well, I mean, here's another thing. To the best, you know, it gets harder to tell, but we never, we never made any whales. And then when we look at it now, um, I don't think any individual owns more than about three or maybe maximum four percent of the token supply. For a while, I was, I was probably the one who owned the most because I've never sold any. Um, I think probably there might be people who own more than me, but, um, but yeah, the, the, they're not there's no whales to dump on people or to do like to or you know even people don't dump sometimes they'll do like massive sell walls to you know that's how you dump without actually selling right you can do a big sell wall and and just keep moving it down and everybody panics even though you never actually sell a single token and you drop them I mean, there's lots of dirty tricks that people can can do i'm gonna put do a dump do. wall right now on this interview this week uh, <laughs> save that for later yeah i don't want to hear about your dump wall <laughs> i've got to take one right now it's, it's too late yeah. it's, it's out there now all right guys all the links are going to be in the show notes telos.net is the main site that you can go to to check out all these things and we'll get a link to the faucet in the show notes as well so you guys can go yep. there and um and and open it up and test out this evm the virtual machine yeah, just go on sushi swap drag it down check it out it's fun and there's a lot of fun meme coins uh on there too that are you know like of course there's there's douche du, there's dougie coin there's douche coin and some other fun things great nfts like it's it's actually what's funny is it's actually fun you know like eos was never ever fun to me and with all this ethereum stuff and all these you know it, it reminds me that ethereum while it had its problems man it's a much more fun community and that's that's you know that's 
That's something I had forgotten. With well, all I the can tell you what, bro, you got drama. a lot of passion. You got a lot of passion, and it shows, and it's been great chatting with you, good sir. Thanks, guys. Great. I'd love to come back, and thanks so much for having me. Well, there you go. Now you know more about Telos, and you can check it out. All the links are in the show notes at badco.in forward slash 574. And now you know more than you knew before, which is one of the goals of this show. That is that is absolutely true. And, you know, what a career Douglas Horn has had, right? I mean, yeah. going back and, and is, you know, working in Hollywood and, and creating a bunch of different cool things and then popping into blockchain before I mean, even before that, going in and doing the games and the, the gaming industry that he worked in. Just an amazing guy, amazing brain. And Telos is something not financial advice. You might want to keep your eyeballs on. So I have to ask, it's been more than a week since you and I recorded this. Did you watch full disclosure yet? Uh, did not, no. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you. I'm going to like do a clockwork orange thing on you, sit you down in the chair, tie you down, prop your eyeballs open, and make you watch it because okay. it's that good. Okay. I will watch it. All right. Hey, we got uh, some fan mail just came in here last night from Micah Sunberg. He says, my big, beautiful Stay puff Marshmallow Men. <laughs> I just want to thank you. I love your podcast. I like the banter. I wish you did more shows. They have made me a better investor in crypto. By the way, Travis, I'm on my 56th COVID vaccine shot. Joking. Congratulations. Yeah. You're the number one crypto podcast in my mind. There is no other podcast that even comes close with the information that you provide. And uh, thanks, Micah. That was totally unsolicited. Uh, except for yeah. the fact that we ask you guys to write us, but you know, yeah. so in that way it was solicited and he just felt inspired. I love my big, beautiful stay puff marshmallow men. <laughs> nice. You're That's more good. stay. Puff Although there are, me. there are many other podcasts with more information, uh, but we just have better jokes. I think you are definitely more stay puffy than me though. Mm. And it's stay puffed marshmallow man. He totally misspelled that. Stay yeah. puffed. That's okay. All right. He's all, he also doesn't use punctuation. Well, you know what? To be to, to be to, to give him the benefit of the doubt, he is on his 56 COVID vaccine shot. That'll fuck anyone up. <laughs> well, listen. We appreciate you guys listening. Some people prefer to stay puff. We prefer when you stay bad. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. I got words, I got words, he's got words, she's got words, we've got lots of motherfucking words and words. I got words that multiply and... Okay, and puppy. <laughs> I'm staying puffed. <laughs> Are you Bitcoin bro or something? <laughs>